1: Welcome to On The Rock, God's Unchanging Word for Changing Times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's Word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On the Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead
0: by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. The Lord Jesus is our role model in everything. And in today's program, we're going to learn that when you're tempted and tested, look to Jesus. He will lead the way forward. Our series is entitled... The Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1. A verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We're looking at the fourth chapter of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, which is the beginning of the New Testament. And chapter 4 is where Jesus' ministry commences in earnest. In fact, I call chapter 4 the beginning of Jesus' ministry. But the beginning of the ministry Starts off with his temptation in the wilderness, and of course prior to that, his baptism in the Jordan River through the ministry of John. There are so many things to learn about Jesus, and Matthew alone gives us a wealth of information. I want to lead you now to this lesson on the temptation of Jesus from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11, and I want to read to you just the first two verses. It says, Matthew 4, 1 and 2, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hundred. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. I'll stop right here. I gave you an extra verse. So it says that Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Just remember, prior to this, Jesus had been baptized nearby at the Jordan River, and God said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit was upon Jesus in the form of a dove. So this wonderful, gracious dove, namely the Holy Spirit, now has led Jesus from the Jordan River into the Judean wilderness. Let me tell you, the Judean wilderness is no picnic. It's not for the faint-hearted, it is not a playground, it is not to be trifled with, it has been known to devour people, never to come out alive again. It is full of, well, all kinds of things. It's full of wild beasts or has-been, it's full of venomous creatures, it also is full of people who may not be the most savory type, like robbers, marauders, and so on. It was certainly dangerous in the biblical days, that's why we have the parable of the Good Samaritan. Because as a man was traveling through the Judean wilderness between Jericho and Jerusalem, he fell among the thieves. Even in the 20th century, there were difficulties on this road during the British times, no less, when they had a mandate in Palestine. That road could be rough too. So Jesus now is going into this challenging place called the wilderness, and he would be tempted of the devil. And it goes on to say he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. After he finished fasting, he was hungry. And that is not unusual. But can I just say, first of all, he went into the wilderness for one reason. He was led by the Spirit of God. Please ask yourself, friends, when you're contemplating any kind of action, as a follower of the Lord, is the Lord leading you to this, or are you just merely doing a good idea? Because if you haven't been led by the Lord Ask yourself carefully, why are you doing it? If you're not sure it's the Lord or not the Lord, then seek him with prayer and fasting. Well, Jesus did that, prayer and fasting, and see what happens from there. There are three known temptations that happened in this story. One has to do with food. The other has to do with visiting Jerusalem and jumping from the pinnacle of the temple. The third is going to a high mountain and seeing there the kingdoms of the world and their glory. All of these were temptations by the devil. Please note how the Lord Jesus overcame the temptation. First of all, he didn't agree to it. He resisted it. Second of all, in resisting, he confessed God's word. Three times, Jesus says, it is written as a means of overcoming temptation. And he quotes all three times from the book of Deuteronomy. This is the challenge, and this is the way forward. If standing on God's word and confessing it overcame the devil for Jesus, let me tell you, you will be able to resist the devil too, and he will flee from you. Now I want to read to you the entire portion from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. The lesson is called, Temptation of Jesus... And again, our reading is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Let's listen carefully to the word of the Lord. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward a hundred. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Our reading is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1-11. to 11. Our lesson is entitled, Temptation of Jesus. Remember, the way Jesus overcame is how you and I can overcome too. We need to know God's word We need to have it in our hearts, and we need to confess it before the world. The background is that Jesus made his first public appearance thanks to the baptizing ministry of John the Baptist. The triune God makes an appearance, their first known one, at Jesus' baptism. Now Jesus needs to go through one more assignment before he enters into full-time ministry. It is called temptation in the wilderness. There's nothing like squeezing the tube of toothpaste, to see what color the paste actually is, and to see how much is still left in. Jesus is led by the Spirit. And friends, we all need to be led by the Holy Spirit. It tells us in Galatians 5:16, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The Holy Spirit comes to us not as an occasional thing, not for special reasons. He comes to us as the one who is the... Paraclete, that's the Greek, paraclete, the advocate, the one that comes alongside. He teaches us all things, brings all things to our remembrance. The true biblical Christian life is a spirit-filled life, not a religious rules and regulations, do and dote, ascetic, depraved, and joyless life. No, it's a spirit-filled life with the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, peace and so on. It appears to be a curious thing. Jesus, well-pleased God the Father, according to Matthew 3.17, yet the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. This experience, just like his water baptism, was done for our example and benefit. So, yes, he's showing us how to not say yes to the devil, but to God. He, of course, accompanies this time with fasting, Matthew 4.2. During this period, Jesus did a 40-day fast, just like Moses did, just like Elijah did. These were his two companions on the Mount of Transfiguration, 40-day fast. Note that it was only after the 40 days had finished that Jesus became hungry. And you know what? As strange as it may sound, that's normally what happens. People who do a long fast are not technically hungry surprising as it may be, the hunger only returns at the end. And that's probably a good sign to say it's time to eat. I'm a firm believer in the power of fasting and how it gives you breakthroughs and miracles, but please make sure that you are healthy enough to fast, and if you don't really know, you better consult a physician. After the fast, and Jesus is hungry, the devil comes to tempt him, in Matthew 4, verse 3. And this is how he puts it, talk about manipulation, if... Thou be the Son of God. Though he's implying he may or may not be, command that these stones be made bread. You're so hungry, Jesus, you've gone without food for 40 days, 40 nights. Here's your chance, if you really are who you say you are, you can make these stones into bread. Remember that John the Baptist said God could make from the stones children of Abraham. The God of the Bible can do anything. Nothing is impossible for him. So, yes, he could turn the stones into bread. What does Jesus do? He only responds by quoting God's word. He was an easy target for temptation. Remember, the tempter, which is the term that's used here. It's just another name for the devil. And, of course, the devil is mentioned in this passage, tempter is mentioned, and Satan is mentioned, and they're all the same person. How does Jesus respond it is written, if you be the Son of God, turn these stones to bread. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. He declares that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. As our example, Jesus had a high view of Scripture, and so should we. After all, it says, it is Written. And that's the Logos. God's word is forever settled in heaven. It's written. It cannot be altered. It does not pass away. It abides forever. So then we have the second temptation Matthew 4, verses 5 and 6. The devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. Now we understand the pinnacle of the temple it either is one of the corners of the temple building itself or one of the corners of the Temple platform. We technically always think of it as the corner of the platform. And in Jerusalem, in recent archaeological excavation, at one of those corners of the Temple platform, or the Temple Mount plaza, they found an ancient inscription, probably dating from the first century A.D., saying this is the place of trumpeting. It's at the southwestern corner of the Temple Mount, implying that this could have been the place of the pinnacle Of the temple either way whether it's from the actual building or from the platform it's very very high and to fall from there and crash against the stones means inevitable certain and swift death so the devil takes Jesus to Jerusalem setting him on the pinnacle of the temple it is a steep and menacing thing then the devil proceeds to quote Psalm 91 Verse 11. That God will charge his angels to carry him in their hands, lest he dash his foot against a stone. And let me tell you, there were plenty of stones down below. Yes, what we need to note here the devil knows the Bible. How much more should we? How does Jesus respond? Well, thank God he responded correctly. He quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 16. Jesus stands on the authority of scripture and says, It is written, Thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test. Remember in Numbers 14, after the ten spies came and gave an evil report to Moses and the children of Israel, two spies, Joshua and Caleb, gave a good report. But the ten spies said, Look, land of Canaan is nice and all, but the walls are high, the giants are strong, we are not able to take the land. They gave an evil report. God says to them, And to Israel, because Israel believed their report, were murmuring and ready to lynch Moses and return to Egypt. God says, you have tempted me these ten times. Basically, it's almost like saying, God, prove yourself. Prove yourself again and again and again. Why does God need to prove himself again and again? He has already proven himself more than we could ever imagine, exceeding abundantly. To keep demanding more proofs, as if we're putting God on pea plates or something. That's just ludicrous. No wonder God finally had had enough. Temptation is basically asking God to prove himself. And it is wrong. So, then the devil takes Jesus to the high mountain. This is the third temptation. We call this, just west of Jericho, the Mount of Temptation. And there is a Greek Orthodox monastery there called It's literally halfway up the mountain, and it's, it's a very nice place. It is clean, immaculate, and there the monks commemorate the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. So, what happens in the mountain? Jesus is shown the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. And in verse 9 of Mark 4, he says, After seeing the worldly glory of the earthly kingdoms, the devil tempts Jesus by saying, If you want to rule the world... As you say you are ordained to do, just worship me, and I will give it to you. Since the world is under the rule of the devil, the evil one, I'm talking about the world system, of course. He has authority to give these kingdoms to whoever at this time he does. When did the devil get this worldly authority? Perhaps when Adam and Eve sinned. According to 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, it tells us that the whole world lies in wickedness or the whole world lies under the wicked one. First John 5:19. In John 12:31, the devil is called the prince of this world. And in first or second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4, he's called the god of this world. He's the prince, he's the god, he's the wicked one and the world is under his influence. While many fall for his temptation of short-circuiting to fame, fortune, worldly glory, Jesus is our example, and he does not succumb. Though he's destined to rule the world, he will not short-circuit his route to glory by worshiping the devil. Integrity means having the character and conviction that backs up the call. Jesus gives a sterling rebuke here in Matthew 4, verse 10. Jesus makes a final quote from Deuteronomy 6.13 that he w- are, he and all of us are called to worship the Lord our God and him only shall we serve. After that, something wonderful happens. He resisted the devil, Matthew 4.11, and it tells us in James 4.7, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How did Jesus do it? Well, as we've seen, he resisted the devil by standing on and quoting the word of God, it is. Is written As I said earlier, Jesus has a high view of Scripture. We should do the same. Every word of God is pure. Don't add to God's word. Don't subtract God's word. Keep the integrity of the word intact. It is for your benefit. It is for God's glory. Now, after Jesus resisted the devil, and the devil left him, the angels came and ministered unto him. Our lesson is called Temptation of Jesus. And our lesson for life is you can overcome temptation just as Jesus did. Stand to God's word and confess it is written. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page. Teach all nations, education, and thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter at tan.tan.org.au. We want to give you value-added content to make you future-ready with articles about the Bible, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus overcame temptation. Help us to do likewise according to your Word, by the power of your Spirit, in his mighty name. Amen.